We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Rocked. Tommy Caster. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Right here on KFH, it is a Friday edition. TGIF here with Jacob and Tommy. Chad Chambers producing. 869-1240 is your number to call. We're going to pick some NFL playoff games. We're going to look ahead to a Big 12 basketball weekend uh, that has plenty on the table for us. We'll look ahead to the Shockers as well as they get back to AAC play. Big weekend in sports coming up. We're glad to take a look ahead at it with you. Paul Savage will join us at the top of the next hour. We'll make our picks for Wild Card Weekend. Tommy is in day one in the books of uh, Bachelorhood. Is it everything you dreamed of? Uh, yeah, I watched uh, Cops last night for about three hours uh, in my underwear, drinking beer and eating pizza. So I would I would say it, it's it's working out pretty well so far. Like the show Cops? That still, uh, that still yeah. comes on? Like reruns. Uh, I found a channel. I don't even know what channel it was. They were airing a marathon. And uh, I was locked in for like three hours. It's interesting. I don't think I ever, I don't know that I ever really got into cops. Um, I mean, the song and everything was all good. I I just, boy, I can't, uh, I can't remember if I ever really sat and watched some cops. Um, It's one of those guilty pleasure, one of those guilty pleasure shows that, um, you know, I know over the years I've been married to my wife for um, almost seven years. And, you know, I, I there have been times that we'll be watching TV and I'll be flipping the channels and it'll come on. And my wife, every time without without fail, will just be like, absolutely not there. No way. You need to find something else. <laughs> and so the fact that I'm home by myself, I might as well watch a three hour marathon of cops. Why is she trying to hold you down? I just don't understand. I ask myself that nearly every single day. No, I'm, I'm kidding. You know, gentlemen, it's, it's I, interesting. For those of you who love cops and are like me, a cord cutter who doesn't have cable, there is a streaming channel that is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, cops. Ooh, I love that. 
it just it makes me feel better about myself. You know, like you could have the worst day in the world and a rerun. And my favorite, uh, it's the reruns from like the early '90s, so you can see the way that you know people are dressed and the the perms and the mullets and all of that. And it just I feel like man, I could have had a really terrible day, but at least I didn't have that bad of a day. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah. I, I don't know. So you're a cops guy too, Jad? No, I've seen that channel. <laughs> I've never watched a second of it. Okay, all right. I mean, I remember cops because we didn't have cable as a kid, and we had just like four main channels. Lived out in the country. You maybe got three of them to come in clearly, so you didn't have a lot of options. And you know, as a kid, it was either like late night talk shows or cops. Right. Yeah. So it's that's when it's that's probably when I I locked into some cops because it was, you know, I wasn't I had no idea what David Letterman and Jay Leno were talking about when I was young. Uh all right everybody. Well, Tommy's going to continue his bachelorhood. It's a long weekend. We're praying for you, Tommy, that you survive it. Thank you. Um enjoy it. Enjoy the time. You'll be you'll be sick of it. Right, I I said after night I said by Saturday morning you'd be sick of it. So we'll see. Yeah, it's I'm I'm in that stage right now. It's like risky business stage, you know, where I'm I've just got the you know the shirt on and I'm dancing to you know taking care of business or whatever the song or old time rock and roll, um, you know, dancing to that. Um, I will say though, the one negative about being by myself, uh, and I realized it this morning, is that my normal morning routine was way off. And I overslept and I woke up and I thought, oh, I'm going to be late. I've got a radio show to do. Uh, and so I rushed around because I'm typically getting my son up and we're getting him breakfast and getting like I've got this routine down every morning. Well, my wife and kid are gone for like five days. And so the entire routine is all messed up. And um, I very nearly didn't make it on time. Oh, man. Um, yeah, well. Don't don't throw it all away, Tommy, for cops. It's not going to be worth it. Uh, <laughs> I stayed up too late watching cops. Uh-huh. Yeah, I stayed up too late watching Modern Family reruns. So that, that that's the thrilling off-air life you guys are uh, in for here with us on this show. Um, we've got uh, interesting things happening in the NFL. Um, not just wild card weekend. We're beginning to see posturing for players and coaches I want to start here, Tommy. You sent me this yesterday, and I think it's really interesting, and it pertains to the Chiefs. And DeAndre Hopkins, according to some betting services, now this is, I, I don't know which betting services would let you have this bet yet, but apparently the Kansas City Chiefs are the odds-on favorite right now to land DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason, which is really interesting to me. Um, you, you saw that Tommy and I, I don't know, did that take you off? Like it did me. It did. I, I didn't think that they would be the odds on favorite. I thought they would be in the conversation because, um, you know, I've, I've seen different chatter about it on social media, uh, over the past several days, but I certainly didn't think that it would be the chiefs as the odds on favorites in Vegas as the team that would trade for Deandre Hopkins. It doesn't, of course, you've got a talent like DeAndre Hopkins. And so when I say I don't think it totally fits, uh, of course, he's a, he's a great talent. And so, yeah, like, of course, he could bring that to the table. But there are other things around it that I just I'm not sure really fit the Chiefs, like his age, 
and the cost to acquire him and all of that. I'm not sure that it fits Kansas City, but I guess that maybe the thought process is there there could potentially be enough turnover again in the wide receiver room that you might want to try to bring in somebody that is proven. Um, but I don't know. I, it would certainly be I'm not against it, uh, but I would really have to see it really have to see the terms of what that might look like, what a potential trade for DeAndre Hopkins would entail for Kansas City. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pulling up his contract details now to see what this looks like. I mean, certainly Arizona would have interest in being done with DeAndre Hopkins, except, like, it, you know, Kyler Murray's a totally different quarterback with and without DeAndre Hopkins over his career. So Hopkins has a potential out um, in 2023, but he's got a contract for the next two years, he really gets paid a lot. Um, he had some restructuring and things done, but his, you know, his base salary over the next two years is 19 million and 14 million, his age 31 and 32 seasons. So certainly not cheap. Uh, I, I, what did they sign Juju for off the top of my head? Wasn't it like 9 million this off season? Yeah. Just something a one like year, that. like nine, I think it was nine, 10, something about that. So, you know, it, it's oh, it's not even that much. Yeah, it's it's three point seven million. Oh, okay. uh, this year. So, and 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 he would probably make more than that. I mean, we go back now, and I think back to the conversations about the wide receiver room, and none of these guys. It, it's a moot point now because the Chiefs have just they they spread the ball around so much. It doesn't really matter. I'm not sure DeAndre Hopkins makes a lick of sense at nineteen and then fifteen million dollars over the next two years at age thirty one and thirty two. I don't understand why the Chiefs are the betting favorite because I don't understand why the Chiefs, one, would want to trade any draft capital to get him, and two, and and this is nothing against DeAndre Hopkins. He's still very good. Receivers slow down, typically, after the age of 30, and he's a guy that's hurt relatively frequently. Yeah, I'd be concerned about him. And he's expensive. I, I, I just... I see something like that, and we pay attention because those odds are typically, you know, they're on to something. But man, I, I don't, I don't see a, a real good fit with the Chiefs right now. They spent the high draft capital on Sky Moore. They have Marquez Valdez Scantling, I think, still under contract, and they traded for Kadarius Tony. If the Chiefs go make a move for a playmaker, you know, I think they probably have their backfield settled in. I think they like the mix that they have of Pacheco and McKinnon. You know, if they if they lose McKinnon, they can get somebody like that to go with Pacheco, and that probably, I, I, they're not going to, I'd be surprised if they spend much draft capital on running back. But at receiver, I don't you think they'd just be way better off taking a flyer on another first, second, third round receiver again this offseason and using that money to just, secure, you know, good players, make sure contracts get signed, guys are extended, or if it's me, I'm attacking free agency on the defensive side of the football again. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not willing to give up a first-round pick for a wide receiver. Oh, um, I think no. maybe like, I mean, you said first, second, third. I mean, I would be okay with like a no, second. No, I'm saying draft one, draft one. Right, that's that what I'm spot. saying. Like, I wouldn't yeah. want to draft a wide receiver in the first round. Like, I, w- I would be more okay with like a second or a third. I feel like there are enough needs on the defensive side of the ball that you might want to use your first round pick on, you know, somebody like that uh, on, on that side. But I kind of equate DeAndre Hopkins a little bit 
to a wide receiver like Julio Jones, who for was sure. so productive with the Falcons for a long time and then left and went to another team late in his career in his early 30s, played for the Titans. Now he's with the Bucks, and he's kind of a shell of his of his former self. And that's nothing against what he did for Atlanta. It's just the the nature of the beast. You're getting a little bit older and you're not as productive as you were before. And that's kind of, I think, the risk with bringing in somebody like DeAndre Hopkins. And, and this would really honestly be a non-story if it wasn't for Vegas saying that Kansas City was the betting favorite. I think that if it was just you know, speculation on social media or whatever, it probably wouldn't even be discussed. But as you mentioned, Vegas usually is onto something. They usually have some kind of knowledge about something or a hunch or whatever that would lead them to believe that Kansas City would potentially be the betting favorites. One other thing that I think is really interesting, and I don't really know if this ties in, it could potentially tie into DeAndre Hopkins a little bit, but um, think about this scenario for a second. Eric Bieniemy, we know, completed an interview with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, he, I think, will probably at least get one or two or maybe more head coach interviews over the next couple of weeks. Let's say that this is the cycle that Eric Bieniemy gets a head coaching position. I don't know if he will, but let's say for the sake of this argument that he does. The Colts you just would, interviewed him, by the way. Right. They tweeted that. Exactly. So you would think uh, that... In that scenario, if he does get that job, then Matt Nagy, who is the quarterback's coach, former Chicago Bears head coach, would probably be promoted to offensive coordinator, take over that offense yet again like he did before. And then there's an interesting name being floated around as the new potential quarterback's coach for Kansas City. How about Cliff Kingsbury, who was the coach at Texas Tech for Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes has talked forever about the influence that Cliff Kingsbury has had on him in his life. That so could has be Andy another Reed. connection. Oh, yeah. And they're very true. That could be another uh, scenario there. And, of course, DeAndre Hopkins coming from Arizona. I don't know what that relationship looks like between Cliff Kingsbury and DeAndre Hopkins, if it's good, bad, or otherwise. I don't know. Uh, but that's, I think, something else to keep your eyes on. Yeah, well, look, they're not going to – what, what won't happen, I don't think, is them give up a ton of draft capital and pay DeAndre Hopkins that much money. I right. don't think they'll do both of those things because that doesn't make sense. If it if they just take on the money and they can get him for like a fifth round pick, maybe. But even even just spending the money doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And I I, I think DeAndre Hopkins is awesome. Um, don't get me wrong on that. Don't don't misunderstand what I think DeAndre Hopkins is still probably capable of for at least one more season. Um, I think he could really help. It's just what do the Chiefs need and I think that they're showing us that they don't need that necessarily uh, because they don't have it now. And and Patrick Mahomes is about to win another MVP award. They don't need that as long as Travis Kelsey is there and productive. Now, you could hedge on Travis Kelsey a little bit, but I don't think you hedge on him with another older guy, right? Like, no. I, I think I think you, you're just better off trying to develop or go find – players that are more in the mold of Juju Smith-Schuster, who, for whatever reason, uh, had a down year, whatever it is, to give them that rebound year, that opportunity at a rebound year. Um, by the way, on Cliff Kingsbury, and I've thought a lot about that, and I just kind of thought you hire him as your offensive coordinator, no offense to Matt Nagy, but one way or the other, if they can get him on that coaching staff, that's a massive win, because we know Mahomes thinks a lot of him. So does Andy Reid. Andy Reid has 
has said in the past how that he has taken things from Kingsbury's offense. I, I think there's a clear um, respect level there that could work really well. And that would be such a great and easy spot for Kingsbury to come back, get on that staff, reestablish himself, and then go get any OC job he wants at the NFL level. Uh, he could go get a head coaching job, I think, in college if he wants that. But I would I would imagine over time we'll probably see Cliff Kingsbury get another shot as a head coach. Just a, just a thought because I know how much people think of his mind offensively. It didn't work in Arizona. I don't know how much of that's tied to Kyler Murray. We'll find out uh, as they make another hire. But um, I think some of it, I think he was in over his head a little bit. And yeah, while sure. he might be a, a good offensive mind, there's a lot more that goes into being a head totally. coach. And, he didn't win a ton know, of it, games at Tech right. either. And, and, and to his credit, um, I guess this is to his credit, he lasted a lot longer than a lot of other rookie head coaches would last in, in that kind of position. I mean, he, he went four years in Arizona when I think the writing was on the wall maybe after year two. That okay, like that he's got a good offensive mind, and that's what he's known for. But other than that, uh, there's really not a lot there. So I think that makes him a prime candidate for an offensive coordinator. And you would think, and this is again assuming that Eric Bieniemy gets a, a job somewhere else, uh, you would think that not just Cliff Kingsbury, but anybody would want to be the offensive coordinator under Andy Reid and study under that tutelage. I mean, we've seen it pay off dividends for a ton of coaches, that Andy Reid coaching tree, like Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy and Eric Bieniemy. Like, it, it, it's happened a lot. And so Cliff Kingsbury could absolutely come in, be reunited with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes thinks the world of him. And, you know, kind of spend that time learning under Andy Reid to then potentially get another shot somewhere else. I think the I think it's obvious and clear he ain't going to be a head coach right away again. Like, it's not like no. he's leaving the Cardinals he, he, he and somebody else is going to hire college, him. Right? Sure, he, he probably but not in the NFL. In college, but I don't care if you're get... the Houston Texans or no, the no, Indianapolis no, no. Colts. Like, you're no. not hiring Cliff Kingsbury to be your head coach right now. Not yet. And, and you know, he could go be the next offensive coordinator for Nick Saban that immediately springboards that into sure. a SEC. I mean, who knows? But it, it he'll have opportunities, plenty of them. And, yeah, if the Chiefs could get in on that, I think that would be – a really cool story to follow uh, because it could help, you know, the the chiefs are in this unique position that it's like everybody attacks the chiefs first. And I get it. They've been at the top of the heap, right? What everybody's doing to the rest of the league. They did to Mahomes last year, whatever the next wrinkle of what defenses do is probably going to be done to Mahomes first. So anytime you can get anything in there to, you know, outpace and outthink the defensive coaches, that's going to be a good thing. So maybe Kingsbury fits that. I think it makes a ton of sense. Do you think, does your gut tell you one way or another that Eric Bieniemy will get a job this time around? Because it's all going to hedge on that. It's all going to be determined on it whether or not Eric Bieniemy. It probably depends on how they do in the postseason, honestly. Yeah. You know, if they win a Super Bowl, my answer would be absolutely yes. If last year, that was weird. That was weird last yeah. year. And whatever it is that keeps the enemy from getting these jobs bubbled to the surface. For so long, I think the Chiefs said the right things to try to help, but still clearly something something that we're not seeing is happening with these coaching because it doesn't make any sense, right? So I, I think this was a I think this was a good year for Bienemy to say, look, we had our issues last year, but look at what we've done this year. Look at look at how we fixed this. Yes, right. I think Eric Bieniemy. I, I think it's. I think it's very, very 
possible, more possible than the last two seasons, certainly. Um, I mean, maybe 50-50 chance. I, the, the problem for me has always been I don't know what has held him back in the past, so it's hard for me to know if that whatever that is isn't there now. I, I don't know. I mean, the difficult it, thing with Eric Bieniemy is that regardless if he gets a head coaching position or not in the NFL this cycle, and I hate saying this because I, I feel like he's done a, a good job over his time in Kansas City, but I think that the overall fan base is kind of ready for him to move on. And that's not too. really a knock on him. I mean, maybe it is a little bit, but I, I just I think that it's kind of run its course a little bit. And you've seen all of these other coaches get opportunities elsewhere that have worked for Andy Reid. And I think that the overall fan base is kind of like, all right, we saw some drama between him and Mahomes and Andy Reid last season. They brought him back. They've smoothed it over. We haven't heard anything since. Uh, but it might be time to shake hands and say, hey, we appreciate everything that you've done and move on one way or another. So I'd like to see him get an opportunity, but I'm not sh- I'm not sure that if he, if he doesn't, that that would preclude him from not coming back to Kansas City. I, I think that there could be a scenario where maybe he moves on and does something else entirely. Because he could see that I'm going to have to get out of here if I'm ever going to be yeah. a head coach. I, I do One want way to be a head coach because yeah. I think he's a great character. I think he's entertaining, and I think he would be fun as a head coach. Uh, so I want it to happen, too. Uh, and again, tying him to a young quarterback, he's, I think, going to fit that description a little bit. <clears throat> but these teams do their homework. They know what his involvement is with Mahomes directly. Maybe he's a better fit with a team that doesn't do that and has a better quarterback. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I'd say 50-50 chance. on So a couple of things happening there uh, that are interesting as far as the Chiefs are concerned. And we're not even into the playoffs yet, but they've sort of been uh, itching at us that we needed to get up our chest. Let's look ahead to some college basketball when we return on Sports Daily. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you here on a Friday edition. Paul Savage will join us for hour number two, including making some wild card weekend picks. We're really excited about that. Tommy, it's a I I'm more excited, if I'm being honest, about the wild card weekend than college basketball this weekend, just because that's the natural order of things for me. But man, I'm really excited about college basketball this weekend. Um, I mean, you've got January. a huge matchup. Huge matchup with KU and Iowa State. I mean, come on. That's a game. That's a game nationally uh, that's as good as any. And and honestly, like TCU, K State, you know, and I know TCU lost to Texas, but that that to me, this game this week or or, or tomorrow becomes the biggest test so far this year for Kansas State. Um, TCU has every reason to win this game at home with what we typically see in a college basketball season, right? They're a really good team. We know that. They just had a devastating loss against Texas, which they very much should have won, and we'd be having a different conversation today. It's the game before K-State gets the KU game, which, of course, everybody has circled. Like, everything about this game tells us this is the kind of game 
right, that Kansas State would lose to TCU on the road and everything would be fine. So to me, like, both of these games are incredibly intriguing for different reasons. Um, you know, I don't think KU at home against Iowa State is, much, is as much of a trap opportunity. That's not saying they can't lose that game. Of course they could. But it doesn't define itself as a trap game quite like K-State having to go down to Fort Worth and play this game against— I mean, you know TCU is going to have its hair on fire and be just so pissed. And K-State—and look, you can— you can try all you want, but how do you not think about when you're a college kid on a campus full of people foaming at the mouth for Tuesday? Of course you're going to think about Tuesday before you think about Saturday. So it's really now with Jerome Tang, like how do you navigate that as a head coach? I'm not willing to to buy into that narrative that it's a trap game, though. I know that you're all in on that, and that's fine. I'm not saying I, I think they're going to lose. Buy it. Let me. So no, no, no. I, 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 yeah, I, but I, I don't, I don't buy calling it a trap game. Because I feel like, in my opinion, the definition of a trap game is a team going potentially on the road to a team that they should demolish and they don't. And they're looking. Yeah, I get that they're looking ahead to an opponent, but TCU is no slouch. I mean, even though they lost to Texas, they're a a top 20 team in the country. And, you know, I think there were. Uh, quite a bit of discussions before conference play started that TCU could challenge for a Big 12 championship. They still could. Uh, and so I don't buy into the narrative that this is a trap game for Kansas State because it's on the campus of TCU and because they could potentially be excited for the Sunflower Showdown. Um, because, and the reason why, is because we've seen the Wildcats go into Austin and go into Waco in two hostile environments and win both of those games. There is nothing to me that would indicate that they will have a letdown going into Fort Worth and playing TCU. Um, And and I I don't think that that's the way that this team is built. I think that they are going to be able to get up for pretty much every conference game that they play. Sure, they're going to be excited for the Sunflower Showdown. Don't get me wrong, but I I don't think that that automatically means that they're going to go into Fort Worth and be looking past the Horned Frogs. So I see this as being another really high-quality matchup where I don't, I'm not anticipating Kansas State to come in flat. I'm not anticipating them to come in and lay an egg against TCU. I think it's going to be a really highly competitive game of basketball. Yeah, oh, I do too. I, I just, my when I say trap game, for me, it's more about... Um, I'm not the outcome of this game and and mostly if it's a loss is not going to really discourage me from or influence my evaluation of K-State, I guess. It it's not that it, it just it defines itself as a trap game and I love it because I want to see how they handle it. They haven't done this yet. This team and this coaching staff more specifically have not had to face these opportunities yet. Now, they may pass it with flying colors, and that's outstanding, and that's great. And I think there's more to gain from this game than there is to lose to me. Uh, but the other part of it also that lingers and exists, that's, it's again, it's not scary because it's college basketball, and there's a lot of time and a lot of games. But let's say TCU does play well, and I, I don't even know who's going to be favored in that game. I bet it's really close. But let's say TCU wins, and then K-State reasonably loses to KU. Right, because KU's one of the best teams in the country, and K State might be that. I'm not saying that either. But if they lose two in a row, 
then you've got another bit of adversity that Jerome Tang hasn't had to face yet. Like, and these are, you know, these things are interesting to me for K-State because we haven't seen them before. If you flipped a script and said the same things were happening to KU, it really wouldn't mean that much because we've, we have seen those things before, right? We've seen KU stumble in the conference. Not very often, but it's happened. We've seen them fall to a trap game. We've seen, like, all of these things have played out. We just haven't seen it yet with Jerome Tang. So when the possibilities are sitting out there, I just want to see how they handle it. One of the tests that we didn't know a whole lot about was the Oklahoma State game. And this is an example of this for me anyway, just as I'm watching K-State. How are they, as they come off two offensive juggernaut games and they're really finding a groove offensively, how are they going to react when Oklahoma State plays them in a way that doesn't let them do that? Because that's what Oklahoma State does, which is exactly what happened. Well, how did they do it? They made a halftime adjustment that allowed them to win a game by totally on a dime changing up what they do to play to the opponent the way they need to, and they won the game. That was a test we just hadn't seen before, and it's awesome, and I love it. And to me, that's one of the that, – that halftime adjustment to me was one of the best things we've seen Jerome Tang do as a coach on the floor. So these things now, like how does he prepare his team – to go take care of business here before they play the biggest game of the year. Those are things I just want to see because we just haven't seen them before with Jerome Tang. You know how when uh, – this is kind of funny because I'm, I'm going to relate this back to our conversation at the beginning of the show about cops. You know how at the beginning of that show they say all suspects are innocent until proven guilty? That I mean, that's the way that that works, right? And I feel the same thing with Kansas State right now. I don't know why they are being subjected to this whole, well, we got to see it. We got to see how they're going to play. We got to see when they, we've seen it. We've seen it all season. They're 15 and one. They went into Waco. They went into Austin and they won both of those games and put up a ton of points. They were back in Bramlage and they beat Oklahoma state in a completely different way. We know what Jerome Tang has. We know Keontae Johnson. We know Marquise Noel. We know all of this. And so, this whole mentality of, well, we get, we got to see how they do in Fort Worth. We got to see when they play in a sunflower. I don't think that's fair because we don't put that same sort of expectation on Kansas and Bill Self. Yes, the Jayhawks are more proven. Bill Self is a more proven coach. I totally get that. I totally understand that. But I think it's unfair for every time that Kansas State goes out in a Big 12 matchup to say, well, we just got to see it. We got to see if they can do it. Because I think we've seen it plenty so far. And there, to me, there is no indication. Yeah, they're going to stumble occasionally. They're going to they're gonna lose games. It's going to happen. But to me, that doesn't change my assessment of where this program is and how good it is under Jerome Tang. And so, yeah, I get this whole game by game. You want to see how it continues to play out. But I think that the, I think right now, and this might be where you and I are a little bit different, with Kansas State, I'm willing to give the Wildcats the benefit of the doubt in basically every game they play from here on out until proven otherwise. What I'm trying to do with K-State, and this is why I'm doing it, and it's not just the Bill Self factor is why we don't do it with KU, but that's a big reason for me. But it's also, you know, KU's got Jalen Wilson coming back, and they got Dewan Harris coming back, and they got, you know, they got a bunch of experienced players who have been here before. So I worry a little less about what happens on an individual game basis with KU. I don't worry about what happens with K-State because they've already far exceeded anybody's expectations. 
what I'm trying to what I'm trying to personally do with K State is solidify that I think they one can win the Big Twelve, right? Are they at that level? And two, when this all settles in, what are we are we looking at like a a two or a three or I mean at this point a one? Like where where is the overall trajectory? That's where I'm still that's where I'm still trying to figure it out because if this continues it's you know the best case scenario is yes they'll they'll be you know they'll be competing for a top seed in the tournament and the Big 12 title so when we get to these little we there's no question no matter what happens on Saturday right Kansas we think will compete for a Big 12 and a top seed in the NCAA tournament right sure. no matter what Absolutely. happens Saturday yeah 100% if, if K-State goes and loses to TCU by 12, right, don't you think that's going to make us say, eh, maybe they're not quite ready Why? to win the Big 12 or be a 2 seed? No. Because, Why? Well, because, and again, it goes back to what I talked about earlier in the week, and this is totally unfair, and, and I admit that it's totally unfair, because pre, preseason expectations linger, especially when you don't know anything essentially about a team. Like, coming into this year, we didn't know anything anything about K-State. We didn't know anything about the head coach. Like, the only thing we knew that Marquise DeWell's a pretty good player. Like, that that's it. And Keontae Johnson, at the time, we thought, man, at one point he was really talented, but where's his health at? And but so the these things... the pudding right now. I don't know what more is. you need to see. I mean... Well, you know, it is. They, they didn't... They didn't play a daunting non-con. I think, you know, the the week of Texas and Baylor is what really, I think. 4-0 in Big 12 play. I know. That's what jarred all our eyes open. And that's like, it's like oh, my God. And so, for me, I'm just like, I, I so desperately want this to keep happening because I so desperately want those to be the top two teams at the Big 12. And and that's where I'm just like, all right, let's see the let's just see him get through this and get to that game. And, and selfishly, I, I want a- that to be unbeaten, you know, both teams yeah. unbeaten on the line. I think that it's really important to understand with the Wildcats where potentially their ceiling is and where potentially their floor is. They're 4-0 right now. They're not going to lose out, right? So I think that we can raise that floor up significantly. So this is where the conversation that we had throughout the fall with Kansas football is different with Kansas State basketball. You know, all those conversations about what if the Jayhawks lose out and blah, blah, blah. It's different with Kansas State. They're not losing sure. out. It's That's right. not going to happen. The floor is significantly higher for the Wildcats uh, than that. And so I think you have to set that accordingly. Uh, and so what is acceptable? What's an acceptable floor and what's an acceptable uh, ceiling? And I think that that ceiling, you could very easily uh, you know, jump in and say, all right, the way that they're playing right now and with what we've seen so far, we can, you know, crown them as potential big 12 champions and potential one seed in the NCAA. And that's fine. Like that's excitement playing into it. But I think that even if they lose against TCU, even if they lose in the sunflower showdown, I think that that floor is still so high that the world of disappointment, I don't think is there. I don't think that's on the table for Kansas state because I still think even if those two things happen on Saturday and Tuesday against two really good teams in TCU and Kansas, I still think that the overall body of work for Kansas State will show you that they are a really good basketball team. And so I'm not willing to sit here game by game with what Jerome Tang has done with this Wildcat program and two potential All-Americans on the roster game by game and say, 
Well, I got to see it from them. They've got to prove it to me every... No, they don't have to prove anything to me. Every They've already done it. They're 14-1. and one. They're undefeated in Big 12 play right now. Let's keep riding the wave. And until proven otherwise, I think they're just as good as any other team in this conference. Absolutely. They don't have to prove anything to me before because they far exceeded any expectation that I might have had. I just want to see it. Um, and, I, and I'll tell you, like after TCU... That's probably going to be it for me because that's like, you know, the the only the overlooking this game aspect to it. We know they can win road games. Uh, by the way, a couple more notes. So TCU will be somewhat similar to Oklahoma State. Really good defensively, uh, a little bit challenged offensively. So take that for what it's worth. Kansas State right now, and this is probably the only thing lingering for anybody but it obviously has been erased to some degree in recent memory they're still about the 80th strength of schedule in the country so that non-con i think still lingers for people just a little bit too uh, but that erases every time you play a big 12 game so they don't have to prove anything to me anymore i just want to see how they handle certain things because i haven't seen it before they're they're they it doesn't matter what happens the rest of the season they have already exceeded expectations for me they went and beat Texas and Baylor on the road. 100%. Raise your hand if you would have said before the season this team would have been able to go beat Texas and Baylor on the road, right? Like Not a no, Nobody. So that, we're done with expectations You know what now. did it for me? What did it for me was when they won it against Oklahoma State on Tuesday because they yeah. won in a completely different way. And, and I think you know, you're, if, you, if you're a one-dimensional team and you can put up a ton of points but you can't win in a, in a grinded-out yep. defensive game, then that's different. But they won in that game in Bramlage on Tuesday. I'm sold on Kansas State. And basically, they'll have to do the exact same thing this time on the road yep. against TCU with Kansas Looming because it's a similar team, and and there's the factor of how pissed off TCU is going to be after blowing that lead to Texas. So it's going to be awesome. And oh, by the way, Kansas gets to play Iowa State. We'll talk a little bit about that one before we make some football picks when we return on Sports Daily. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I was just telling Tommy. So Tommy brought up this Jason Brown guy, the coach or whatever. 
the other day on the show and that he's a Mahomes hater. And I don't know anything about I've never seen Last Chance You. I don't know anything about this guy. And now all of a sudden I'm seeing tweets from this guy. Is So is Twitter so smart now that it listens to our radio show and then translates it into my Twitter? What the hell? Like, I don't care about Jason Brown. Why, why am I seeing his stuff? I think it's a sign that you need to go back and watch Last Chance U. Um out four of his tweets, there's absolutely zero chance I'm going to do that. He's a character. I don't like him, but he's a character. He's entertaining. He's fun to watch. And the fact that the show is based in Kansas, like, I don't know. It, it was fun to watch. Um, I liked him better on the show uh, then than I do now. I'll be honest with you about that. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what would be fun to watch about him, but... It's not fun to see on Twitter. Like, he's just absurd. He seems like a Looney Tune that just, like, yells about things to try and get people to, to pay attention to him. Did you uh, did you ever hear about why he got fired from Independence Community College? Probably. But I, I mean, don't it was really... A, it was a big deal. Like, it was big Yeah, news. no, I mean, I, I, I know we covered it because it was a local thing. Like, I'm not saying – like, I, I – I've forgotten who he was until you brought up his name. And then like, I could recall if I really tried to like what his, what, how it went up in flames, but I just to remember re- that it went up in flames to refresh your memory. He had a player on the team. I think he might've been the kicker. If memory serves who uh, was of German heritage. And he told him in a practice, I'm your Hitler now was what he said to the player and oh, it, yeah. went, it went up in flames yeah, and yeah, got yeah, fired yeah. And, and all of that stuff. So that was yeah. that was his big I mean, but the thing about it, like he if you watch the show, I mean he's vulgar, uh, he's abrasive, he's all of those things. Of course, like that's translated now and followed up to apparently he's got a podcast and apparently he's going on radio shows now talking about Patrick Mahomes being a gimmicky quarterback. Yeah, I mean I don't I, I honestly like I don't care what he has to say. Because he says things. Book, like, I think we should book him. Because he says things like can we, that. Can we try to book him on the show? No. If he's if he's too <laughs> stupid to whatever, whatever. I don't I don't know anything about him. Never met him. Don't, whatever. That's as much time as I ever want to spend on this guy. I just his tweets. Hey, keep you brought it up. up, and I'm like, well, I know, because I just saw. I'm like, why am I getting tweets from this guy? I remember even. Whatever. Uh, did you see Miley has a new song? Uh, speaking no, of Twitter, I didn't. I, I, did I saw Miley that. trending. Where, what is on your Twitter? Like I'm. You're I don't going know from Jason Brown to Miley. What is going on? I don't on? know. It popped up on the right side, you know, where it shows you the uh, what's happening or whatever. And and I was hopeful. I was like, oh, maybe this means she puts out a, a new song because I like Miley. New Miley, like older Miley. I think she's I think she's an awesome rock star. You don't think so? What are we doing here? You don't think Miley's good? Uh, no, I don't. What? Think Miley is good. Oh, I think Miley is, um, I mean, like, okay. Party in the USA. Fun. Sure. It's fun. Wrecking ball. To be a good wrecking ball. She's not a good artist. What's wrong with you? What are we doing here? We're talking about Jason Brown and Miley. What are we doing? She's been, and, and I don't, I never listened to her early stuff, but she's been a rock star for like three decades and her new stuff is cool. How has she been a rock star for three? She's like barely 30 years old. How could... She was a, a rock star from the womb? What are we doing? How old is Miley Cyrus? Jad, back me up on this. I know you're going to disagree with me and go with Tommy on this. Do you think I Miley's cool, to. Jad? Yeah, she's just 30. So three decades is too much. Two decades. So she Sorry. was a rock Whenever... star when she was an infant then, I guess, according to your Well, logic. yeah, if you're Billy Ray's daughter, of course you are. You come out achy-breaky-heartin' it. Uh, anyway, she's got a new song. It sounds pretty cool. 
I can't be the only one that thinks Miley's a good rock star right now. At least we now we know why it's on his Twitter. Well, I don't know why it's on my Twitter, but between think, Coach Jason Brown and Miley, you've got a very eclectic hey, Twitter. Listen, you take Jason Brown, I'll take Miley, and I'll sleep Deal. like a baby tonight. Eight six nine twelve forty. We'll see if Savage is a Miley Cyrus fan. Uh, he probably is. I hope so. We'll make some football picks coming right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 